Hello and welcome. My name is Alonda Carter and I am the Recovering Hunbot. And this is Season 1, Episode 7 of Hey Hun, You Woke Up. This podcast is brought to you on YouTube as a video. It also is playing on Stitcher and iTunes and Spotify. If you would like to support me as a content creator, the very best way you can do that is through my Patreon, and there will be a link to that in the description. I've made it simple. There are three tiers, ranging from a dollar to $10 a month, and literally any amount helps. Today's guest is my friend and fellow creator, Andy Fellows. Now, he was never part of MLM, but he was involved with an internet cult, and that cult centered pretty much around the law of attraction. And when I first heard him, he was on Chris Shelton's show. And as I listened, I just thought, wow, that reminds me so much of my experience of being in MLM. Specifically, I was with Beachbody. So we thought it'd be interesting to see what kind of crossover there is between what his experience was like and what mine was like, and then just kind of, you know, MLM in general. So join me in welcoming Andy to the show. And just so that you know, we did have a little bit of trouble with our connection. So there might be a little bit of, you know, hesitation here and there. And I'm not sure if I caught everything, but you know, I'm in the process of editing, so we'll see how it goes. So let's get on with the show. Welcome, Andy. Thank you so much for joining me today. And go ahead and give us a piece of your story about um, how you got into the um, internet culture involved in and then how you kind of realized that maybe this law of attraction thing isn't all that it's cracked up to be and you woke up and decided, you know what, I have had enough of this and walked away. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, so really my story, it kind of started um, around the time that a close friend of mine passed away. Um, I was, I'd just come out of college, so I must have been 18, 19, that kind of age. And um, I was watching a lot of stuff on the internet. I'd already, I was already kind of into kind of some spiritual stuff. I'd read a bit on Buddhism, read a bit on Taoism. So I was kind of already um, open to that kind of sort of the, the more ethereal ideas. Um, and uh, then I found uh, a channel on YouTube called Spirit Science, which introduced me to a lot of um, what what you could call new age ideas, new age concepts. Uh, I'd been around some of it a little bit growing up, um, crystals, meditation, the idea of chakras a little bit. And this channel kind of went in and explained a lot of that stuff in quite a simple way, in quite a palatable way with some fun animations and all that stuff. And it was through that channel that I found um, the person who would become my cult leader a little bit later uh, someone called teal swan at the time she was called teal scott um and uh it was through her videos that i started to take on the law of attraction um and and so i think anyone that is aware of the law of attraction they will know that everyone that teaches it or talks about it talks about it in their own way like they have their own little take on it but the, the core is ultimately the same Teal's take on it was it was very kind of uh, sacred sciencey to use Lifton's turn of phrase. Um, it was very much an explanation as to how the universe works in specific terms, in terms of of, of 
so there's always that thing of frequency and vibration and, and you know, raise your vibration and you get high vibrational, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, Teal's take on it was, it was very much kind of, um, she, it, I think the thing with Teal is that she seemed to understand it better than anyone else I'd heard talk about it. Uh, she seemed to have a handle on it that the other people I'd heard speak about it didn't necessarily have. Um, and I think that was part of the confidence that she spoke with. I, looking back, I don't think that she necessarily understood it better than anybody else as a concept, perhaps. But it was just her take on it and her confidence that penetrated um, uh, for me and 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 made it um, something that I really got on board with quite quickly. So over over uh, a couple of years, I I just watched everything um, that. Can you hear me all right? Am I still here? I can. You froze up a little bit. Okay. So i just carry on from where I was there. Um, so over the years, um, I, I took on this idea more and more. It was, it was, I think I was involved with the group maybe two, maybe three years, give or take. Leaving the group was, was a kind of slow process and it was really the law of attraction was one of the last pieces to go um, for me, even after I lost faith in the leader um, law of attraction was, was still kind of around a little um, for me. It didn't hang on much longer than, than my belief in the leader, but it, it definitely hung around a little bit. Longer. So I, I feel like this is something that happens with a lot of people who are interested in the law of attraction, who get into the law of attraction, as soon as it starts to affect the way that you're interpreting your experience, it does very well. the nature of the idea of the law of attraction is that it is, it's, it's prescriptive, almost like, right, so this happens to you means this, therefore you need to do that, right? And um, that at the moment that your entire life becomes colored by it. If that does that make sense? Am I am I getting that across? Well, yeah. um, to me, it it does make sense. And you know, bringing it into the bubble of multi level marketing, mm. um, personal development is is very key. Probably, I would say for most all of them, there's going to be something all mm. about mindset mm. and mm. having your mind right and keeping your mind and your vision and all of that. So it sounds very much like for me and for people who have been in multi-level marketing that once that starts becoming part of your life, like what you're saying, you start to think mm -hmm. differently. You shift your thinking, so to speak, mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. in a great way, <laughs> in a way that can be damaging. No, I mean, especially if you're someone who's prone to anxiety, um, it can become very, very damaging very quickly um, because it, it almost lends itself towards a kind of neurosis, a kind of obsessive picking over of, I shouldn't have thought that, or, or what, if, if I'm thinking that, that means I'm going to attract this. Or if I'm feeling this, that means I'm going to attract this. And, and that can, can get you in a real state. And I've, I've, I know a lot of people who have, have experienced that. And, 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 and since starting to, to make the videos I've been making, I've, I've met a few people who have come to me and just said, you know what I felt I had the same thing happen with this and and so on um something I wanted to pick up on there you said about the personal development aspect that was also um part of of what I experienced there as, as well um following Teal is um it's, it's changed a little bit now there's like a little a, a new process that people do um 
but when I was involved in it, it was uh, shadow work, uh, which is based on um, Carl Jung's kind of shadow, shadow work kind of thing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I did something that was similar to that, but it wasn't called shadow work, but it had had to, yes, it was journaling. And it, it was like kind of those mm, okay. similar questions that I've, that I've heard you, you know, use in your examples. Mm. People who are listening may not know what you mean by shadow work. So go ahead and explain that so they can you know, get a full flavor of it. Okay. So as far as I understand it, and I've done some research into other kind of therapeutic um, methods and all the rest of it since, since uh, leaving, as far as I'm aware, shadow work is, is similar to CBT in one regard, similar to cognitive behavioral therapy in one regard. There is the downward arrow questioning. Um, if I, and I could, be, I could be wrong about this, so please don't just take my word for this. Check, check out, um, hit Google and see what Google has to say about this. But um, yeah, uh, the downward arrow questioning, the kind of um, what does that mean to you? If that were true, why would it be so bad? Those are two questions that I, I kind of, if I, I'm trying to remember the kinds of questions that uh, were encouraged uh, at the time. But yeah, it, that kind of, if that were true, why would that be so bad? Um, is, was, was quite common. And um, what, what this kind of thinking did for me and many other people who were, who were doing this, and this was encouraged often like during what during my time in the group this was encouraged often any time you had a strong emotional reaction uh until you use the word triggered which obviously mm-hmm. she she seems to have borrowed from it's become more commonly used now but at the time it seemed to be borrowed more from like trauma counseling and, and that kind of thing um which is a whole other thing with teal um but yeah so whenever you're triggered whenever you have a strong emotional reaction that's the time to do a process so you're you're already you're emo- very in a very emotional state and then that emotion is taken and you th- by asking yourself these questions you go deeper and deeper into your emotion until you find a core belief and the core belief is something that you hold as true something you believe to be true that apparently governs your life governs the way that you do things and is part of your I'm going to, I'm going to kind of butcher the phrases and so on here, but um, your dominant vibration, right? It's the thing that if you're, if you've got this core belief, that's going to affect what you're capable of attracting in your life, what you're attracting or, and, and it will limit what you can or can't attract, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes so, so much sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've okay. been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a similar thing in what you were involved in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which what I was involved in, it wasn't beach body, but mm-hmm. as we were talking before I started recording and everything with multi-level marketing, you don't only have whatever company you're in, but mm-hmm. generally there's all these peripheral things that you get attracted to because you're looking for the answer. You're looking for that thing that's going to show you the way and give you the tools. And you're finally going to be able to have that success. And mm-hmm. you said something earlier that it just, it also meant, I mean, I went, whoa, okay, I got to talk mm. about this. Because you brought up that, you know, law of attraction can induce neuroses, you know, in mm. your opinion. Well, mm. you know, I think that 
also it, it's going to be a two-pronged kind of a neuroses when it comes to multi-level marketing because you are struggling so much to get someone to buy your crappy product and i'm just going to say mm. they're all crappy products they're less than stellar or join your team or both and so you're already chasing that and feeling like less than and unsure of yourself because you're not having the success that you're told you'll have if you just follow whatever you know, is laid out for you. And the other day, as I told you, I did a video on the business activity tracker for um, Beachbody, which is all about then getting success club points, because once you have, I mean, it's just this whole process of everything. Mm. But all of that, I can remember feeling very neurotic chasing after all of that. And now add on to it on top of that, the law of attraction. So I think it amplifies mm. the entire mess when you're mm. in multi-level marketing, in addition to following law of attraction if that makes mm. sense absolutely and when you tie in finance to that as well there's going to be an extra level of tension that comes in because you're thinking i've got bills to pay <laughs> uh, although perhaps that's not the, the case for everyone i don't know that everybody in 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 who's involved in mlms is going to be the sole breadwinner of a family or whatever but when it when you do bring um when you do bring uh, bills and and so on on into it of course you're going to get that extra level of, of uh, tension as well um, so something I did want to kind of add in here um, while we're on this is something that I found and, and, and I suppose I mentioned to you before I've kind of been around the personal development the self-help the network marketing stuff I've been around that for a long time I was going to events in London when I was um, like 13 14 things like that I've kind of been in and out of it as I've grown up I've kind of distanced myself from it somewhat um however the idea of constant self-improvement has been a hard one to shake um and while it's not bad to want to better yourself I don't think while I don't think it's, it's necessarily a negative thing to go for better if that's what you need in your life if things aren't great and if you're not happy or you're not satisfied, then maybe it's a good thing to go for improvement. But there are times where you've got to say, do you know what? Maybe this is enough. Maybe I am enough. And actually, and, and I think sometimes, maybe, maybe this isn't the best way of saying it, but sometimes mediocrity is okay in some areas. And sometimes you kind of just got to say, do you know what? This is good enough right now. I'm happy enough with this. And then focus on being happy rather than focusing on, being better all the time you know that's what I think anyway and I know that that may not chime with some people who are involved in this kind of thing um, but I think especially if we're talking about mental health there's definitely a case to be made for sometimes just chilling out and just saying right right <laughs> going <laughs> behind you that's going do you oh want to bring oh my gosh oh goodness <laughs> did you do that <laughs> it sure did well there <laughs> i'm blending there chalupa go. there you are chalupa poopa <laughs> oh my god <laughs> chunky monkey as you say sometimes when we're doing these kinds of things some things don't quite go as planned <laughs> but that's all good <laughs> but you know what you just persevere <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> Keep so on keeping on. He just wants attention. And now Tamale's running around, you know. <laughs> I mean, you have your cats behind you all the time. Yeah. Which is always woken up, actually. So we'll see what's going to happen. Um, um. But, you know, 
I think it's very interesting that you bring up the connection of Chalupa, you're going to unplug things. Um, mental health and the law of attraction and the being enough and all of that, because in multi-level marketing, at least with Beachbody, part of your daily activities was to do at least a minimum of like 20 minutes of personal development each and every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that became a huge part of my life because it's like, well, what book do I read now? What do I listen to now? I mean, it, and it just feeds into the entire group think, the mm. entire, you know, being around those people, like I told you earlier, like-minded mm. people, because they're going to keep you in check, mm. you know, if you're mm. all believing the yeah, same yeah. stuff. But I do think that um, it can be dangerous with your mental health overall i mean multi-level marketing overall i would say is um, a problem for people and their mental health mm. yeah i could see that definitely i could see that um i i think as well you know that in in a lot of groups that are you know very controlling very very encouraging people to act a certain way do things a certain way what you say there about people keeping each other in check you see that all the time you see that all the time you know um and I, I, I know people who were Jehovah's Witnesses. The same thing is true mm-hmm. there. You know, um, that kind of keeping an eye on people and making sure that they're, you know, they're sticking to it. Yeah, it's, it, you see that so often. Um, what was I going to pick up on from what you said there? Um, and I was going to say as well, did you want me to go back at some point to like how I got out of the law of attraction? Oh, yes, yes, we, yes. Perhaps maybe towards the end or whatever, however you want to do it um, might be a good way to end the conversation. But um, yeah, however you want to play that. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Slipped my mind. Was there anything you wanted to, to carry <laughs> on? Oh, I'm sure we can come up with something, you know. Um, Okay, I will tell you this. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. And this is when Alonda was um, neck deep into Beachbody and neck deep into personal development and law of attraction. And I can remember, and I got this from somewhere, I don't know where, but I said this to a very good friend of mine because she was going through a difficult time and she had been one of my coaches, but she ended up dropping. Like, I mean, just everybody did, but (laughs) that's another story in and of itself. But I was talking about, and and I was really behaving very differently because I have always been um, very skeptical about things and maybe somewhat cynical about stuff um, and just not accepting things at their face value. And for instance, um, when I was, because she and I worked together, and things that we were doing, I did instructional design. I don't know if I had told you that or not, designing courses that I was working for an oil mm. company. And there were things that were like so obviously wrong. And I'm like, my gosh, the emperor's naked, but nobody is willing to say anything. And that always drove me nuts. Because so it's mm. like his tallywhacker's right there. You know, I can see it. Y'all can see it, but you're not saying anything. So I'm talking to her and I'm talking to her about the law of attraction. And she's like, yeah, but I'm like, well, you know, it works for you if you believe it, but if it, if it doesn't work for you or if you don't believe it, then it works too. Mm. Basically you're getting what you put out sort Mm. of a thing. Mm. And which, I mean, I find that to be a very interesting double-edged sword because it still all points back to you. Mm -hmm. And it's very circular logic I find as well. So if anyone hasn't heard of confirmation bias, um, definitely give that one a Google um, because that really answers that point, you know, Um, 
the 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 and I'm gonna as I say I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the explanation of this now, <laughs> so Google it. But um, yeah, the the idea that you're you, you're looking for something or you believe in something and then something happens and you then rationalize your experience into saying, well, that proves what I believe, right? And so I mean, I had that as well. The the if you if you don't believe in it, then it's not going to work for you. Um, that happened. Um, I, I, I vaguely remember Teal putting a video out at one point saying um, that a good exercise to determine whether, you know, to, to make, to, to, to prove to yourself that the law of attraction works was, was the thing so that you could then believe in it. And again, very circular logic there. Um, what you had to do is you had to come up with something that you wouldn't normally see in your day or your your life or whatever. And then like, think about it a lot. And then when it, when it came up in your life, then that would prove that the law of attraction works because you've attracted that thing into your life, whatever it was, something that you don't care about. So there's a whole thing, which that kind of leads on. First of all, before I go to the whole thing, the first, um, uh, thing there is that I don't know very many people that would have thought of something that they genuinely wouldn't find in their day and I think that would be the good, a good test to do like for example something that you would absolutely never see um, in your in your day-to-day life wherever you are which is probably quite a difficult thing to do because you might first think well I live for example at the time I lived in England I live in England so I'm never going to see a penguin right but then that there's going to be signs with penguins on there's going to be things around things like that and i think that reasonably um if you're thinking of something a lot the chances of you noticing something you hadn't previously noticed or the chances of you having noticed that on some level and that being in your head as an unlikely thing to see then meaning that you choose that thing then you see that thing that goes then to confirm i know it sounds a bit convoluted but that kind of thing is I think is a more reasonable explanation than that you have somehow somehow harnessed the hidden powers of the universe <laughs> and and energy vibration all that kind of stuff has meant that you are now going to see that thing. Do, 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 am I am I explaining that well? I feel like maybe I didn't. I I, I, I think so because I mean it, what it made me think about is like let's say that you want to get a new car and mm. you want to test drive that new car and you know and you like the car, but you haven't gotten it yet. All of a sudden, that's all you see all around you is that mm. same kind of car. Mm. It's there. Mm. And I think it's like, once you become aware of something, just like what you were saying, the penguin or whatever, now you start seeing it. Well, it's been there all along. Mm. You just, you just weren't focused on it. You exactly. Just... Now you're, now you're looking for it. You're going to see yeah. it. Yeah. 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 You know? And, and, and that's kind of what I was getting at there, which perhaps I didn't explain as well as I'd have liked to is that, if the penguin's been there anyway, and you're sitting down going, what's an unlikely thing that I'm absolutely never going to see? You're only going to think of so many things. And the chances of you picking a penguin, it's, it's possible that you would pick a penguin having already on some level been aware that there was a penguin there. Do, do, do you know what I'm getting at? And then because it's in your head, you might yeah. pick that and then you're going to see it. And then, yeah. So, and, and I think it reminds me of a time. So after I got out of the whole cult thing and I was still very much involved in spirituality and stuff, I got into mantras and doing these um, kind of, um, so there was, there's the, the Hindu deity Ram. Um, mm-hmm. I got into just repeating Ram, 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 Ram over and over again. And it's weird now doing that. My brain's already started to go 
started to disassociate a little bit. Um, but I used to do that a lot, like as many, as much as I could in a day, I would just do that consistently. Um, and then funnily enough, I st- started to notice, um, the, you know, the car brand that's Ram. Yeah. It's written the same. I started to notice that a lot more. Interesting. And, and it's, it's, yeah. And I hadn't noticed that before. They will have been around. They're not actually common in, in the UK. I don't think I've ever seen one in the UK, but since I moved to the American continent, I see them. I, I've started to see them a lot. And um, when I was in America, in Vegas, um, I noticed that, that was kind of at the peak of my, my interest in, in, in this kind of thing. I did start to notice those, those I think, like uh, pickup trucks or whatever with that on quite a lot. Um, and again, it's, they were there, but I hadn't noticed them. I didn't know to look, but now I was looking for it. I was going to see it. Yeah. And so that in terms of that thing, um, that definitely answers that in my mind, that, that prov- or at least provides a more reasonable explanation in my mind um, than energy and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and another thing I was going to pick up on there was the way that I don't know if this is similar with, with, with your experience of this, but in my experience, the um, part of the sacred science of the law of attraction, part of the way that it was said to work was um, if you are resistant uh, of something, then that may, means that it's going to be uh, the whole what you resist persists thing. Is oh, there, gosh, that right? is an MLM saying, too. Yeah. OK, yeah. so that so there's there's clearly a crossover here. Yes. Um, and it's not it's not anecdotal at this point. It seems to we've got many instances of this. Right. Um, so, yeah. So the whole what you resist persisting is there. So the reason it was encouraged that you think of something random with that little if you can call it an experiment, um, that little, uh, little experiment was because you would have no resistance to seeing that thing or, or attracting that thing. Right. Um, but if you, you, so you can't attract something if you're in some way in resistance to it. So that, that <laughs> the whole thing is that's why affirmations don't work because you're trying to convince yourself of something that's not true. Right. So you have to, do shadow work, find out why you don't believe that's true, come to believe that's true. And then you don't need to do the affirmation. That's that whole thing. And so to some extent, to some, and this is something that does happen a lot with, with um, people in Teal's position, who I would, I would say as a cult leader, um, what they typically do um, is they will pepper in truth. I think Telltale said this in a video uh, recently, they'll pepper in truth um, in amongst things which are demonstrably false, um, or, or just, yeah, unverifiable, unfalsifiable. Um, so you could definitely see that an affirmation might not work if, if actually there is something that you're saying that you don't believe and you're, you're that, that disbelief or belief in whatever it is that is stopping you from accepting that thing is deeply ingrained in you. Of course, you're not going to accept that. Um, However, there's a whole other universal vibrational frequency thing that perhaps doesn't have so much uh, basis in fact there. So, um, yeah, that's in, it, it's very interesting how much of a crossover there is between these two, between these two things for me. That, that's fascinating. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it really is because until I sat down and, you know, started talking to someone else, it's like, 
it, it goes to like you don't realize it you know and mm. it's helped me so much watching your videos watching chris shelton's watching you know mm. john attacks videos all of those help me break down what has happened to me from mm. having been in a multi-level marketing company and mm. i don't think most people um who have been involved in a multi-level marketing company realize the um psychological fallout if you will that mm. they undergo afterwards because you, you you hear about um you know like people helping others who have been through you know, like like scientology through that cult or whatever mm. but you you know when it's multi-level marketing you are just on an island on your own and have no idea that you've been raked over through the mm. coals upwards backwards sideways and every which other way and i think it's highly highly damaging to the psyche and mm. um you know i would go with so far to say it's probably like a, a, an epidemic since there's mm -hmm. been uh, multi-level marketing in the U.S., you know, for like over 70 years. And there are some people that will bounce from one to another, to another, to another. And so you stay within that mindset all the time and it just gets, it becomes further a part of you. So you get further away from the person that you were. And then if you do get out, now you are this altered person. And I believe, um, Stephen Hassan has, ta has talked about that. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's the problem is that person that's who you are after, you don't know how to put yourself back together. Humpty Dumpty mm -hmm. has definitely fallen and you are just shattered. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It does take time. And you, honestly, I would recommend that anybody who is involved in anything like this and, and ends up coming out of it does seek professional help. It, even if you don't think you need it. And I, I think we're at a point now where we can say that the general consensus is moving towards therapy isn't just for messed up people. We could all benefit from a little bit of therapy. And I feel like if you've been in something like this, you might not know how much it has affected you, how, how deeply this has, 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 um, has bothered you on some level or has, or has affected you, you know, in some way. And I think that, getting yourself in front of a professional, even if it turns out that actually, no, you're doing all right. You just perhaps need to, to do X, Y, or Z. That's a very simple thing. Um, definitely it's worth getting yourself in front of a professional, I think, um, because it does take time to reconcile the, the experiences uh, of your life that are so disparate from, from inside and outside, even if, you know, even if like in my case, like I did kind of grow up around some somewhat spiritual ideas and so on and so forth, that was still a very different experience to, to being um, a Tila, a follower of, of Teal and, and being around the other people that were like that and the way that that changed who I was. And I've done videos on my channel. Um, I don't know if you've seen them where I'm looking back at oh, one of the cats has come to say hi, um, where I'm looking back at, <coughs> at um, who I was when I was in, in it and, and the way I talked and the words I used and my whole, all my mannerisms and everything were different. And um, I'm, so I'm looking back at those and I'm kind of poking fun at who I was, but I think it's also a really, it's a really important comparison to make and a really important thing for each of us to face in some way, I feel, because that did happen. Um, and, and it's not, nice to think about um maybe when you come out of it and especially for for people who feel ashamed of having been through it which i really feel is is, is that's being really tough on yourself if you if you're 
feeling ashamed because while I can understand it, I do feel like in a lot of these, in a lot of cases, you've been subjected to a process like people you've been targeted, you've been carried through a process of, of what you could call indoctrination. And, and so for you to not end up the way that you did would have been really difficult unless you already know, unless you already knew everything you know now about this, um, I don't think that you could have um, avoided it. And um, even if you did know everything you know now, that's, that still doesn't completely protect you because these, these things are nasty things. They're subtle things. They're clever things. So you, you've got to be aware of how these things work. And yeah, I think arrogance doesn't protect you. I think if you're thinking, oh, hang on, I've got a cat problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you think I'm immune, I know all about this stuff now. I'm immune. I'm, they're not going to get me ever again. The minute you strut up in front of a Jehovah's Witness cutting or you, 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 you um, put yourself in front of the average cult recruiter, um, the chances of them undermining you, the chances of them getting in your head, I think go up a little bit because you're, you're, you're not aware in that moment of what might be happening because you're preoccupied with, oh, I'm never going to get me, you know. Um, so it's really important to be aware of these things. And I think that leads on to something else that perhaps I, does, doesn't need to be said. But yeah, just, I think, kindness with people as well who are involved in these things and yourself, include yourself in that kindness. Um, having come out of it yeah. something i say is to be gentle with yourself you Absolutely, know? Yeah. because Absolutely. it's like we're very hard on ourselves of like oh well i was stupid i was this i was that it's like no you're 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 not stupid you're just you you were like you said you were targeted you went through a process you were mm-hmm. you know it was it's a slow mm-hmm. burn nobody just like mm-hmm. nobody wakes up one day and says well i am going to be indoctrinated and change my entire personality <laughs> you know no one does that i fa- i fancy joining a cult today <laughs> <laughs> i think it sounds like a it doesn't great idea. happen does it, <laughs> it yeah, doesn't. no it doesn't happen 1-800 join cult now you know what i mean <laughs> it's like you just don't do that yeah but, no you don't do you and there's so many times, I think so many instances where things are cult. Oh, there's that sweet baby. And, <laughs> and people don't even know it. They have no idea. Like I had no idea about, you know, being in Beachbody and everything. I, I would have denied. It was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Cause it, it doesn't seem mm. like it because it seems quote innocent because this is quote mm. a business opportunity and you're mm. investing in yourself with the personal development and you're being a product of the product by showing other people and you're, you're being the person that you're going to be in seven years when you have all the success. So you're going to act as if now all of that changes you. And then you add in the loaded language mm-hmm. and you know, the cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. <laughs> the under yep. influence, just like all of it, it's all just working on you and it's just like mm. one chink at a time of changing who you are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it is slow. I mean, I was, I was told off for using the frog in the boiling water thing on my channel. Someone, uh, someone came on and was like, actually, no, uh, the frog would notice and it would jump out. Um, so apparently, <laughs> apparently frogs aren't quite as susceptible to undue influence as humans, but um, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, we it's, will it's, sit there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay in that water. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually quite nice. I'm getting used it's, to it. <laughs> it's like, you know, some of my skin's bubbling. It's, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> Let me drink a shake. You know? <laughs> Uh, cat air in my mouth now um but yeah no it's it is it is that kind of thing and and I think as social creatures as well what I often think with this is that so much of of how these groups work is turning human nature against itself and, and making you kind of um all the things that we have evolved as humans to survive together and and work um as you know people who are who are gonna gonna survive through whatever happens we can work together and 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 the various things in terms of like tribalism and so on and so forth um all these kinds of things that have come about which have helped us helped helped us survive as humans um all of that stuff's turned on its head when you're put in a cult situation um, because you're conforming to a group when the group itself is unsafe, when the group itself is toxic, doesn't, doesn't lead you anywhere good. Right. And so I think when, when you are in that kind of situation because of, because of as well, I think things like, as you, as you mentioned, cognitive dissonance, uh, it does become very difficult to see things. And then you add to that, as you say, the cult identity aspect where you're you're playing a character to some extent even though you're you're there but it's the way it felt for me is that i'm there but i'm like way back i'm pushed way back and way down and then there's this other version of me that's like hello and (laughs) and it's another person right um and the other version of me did come out at times and and i think hassan talked about that in um combat and cult mind control you know the the real you if you like does come out at times um comes out to play a little bit um but the moment you're challenged the moment you're um pushed on what you believe or the leader or the the lifestyle or whatever it is um is the moment you start parroting phrases is the moment you start like giving the the, the reasons and the, the the stuff that you've been taught is the right way to think about this you know and that's when you can kind of notice it I think in a person and I don't know how many times I became aware that I was doing that I think towards the end and after I got out of it I noticed when I started slipping back back into to that kind of thing because it because the way that our brains are right is that we're creatures of habit we 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 start to do these things and then it becomes harder to change that habit and i'm sure there's a whole thing about habit forming in in the mlms oh, yeah. um stuff um so we're all familiar with that i don't need to go <laughs> to re- <laughs> retread that ground um but the more and that goes against you when you're forming habits that ultimately in some cases make other people rich or in 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 the case of um a group I was involved in ultimately lend to um, making the leader feel really great about herself. Um, it's kind of, um, and, and many other things, I, I feel like one of the reasons that uh, it's gone on for so long really is because it is, it's so, so um, enjoyable as a human 
to have everyone think you're so great. Um, and that's kind of what's happened in, in the group that I was involved in, I think. Um, but uh, I've kind of lost my train of thought there. What was I saying? Um, what was I saying? Where was I? <laughs> you were talking about, oh gosh. Um, it was like, as you were kind of starting to slip away from the group itself, mm. you, your real yeah. self started, you know, kind of peeking out and... Um, yeah i mean so all through all through the experience my real self popped up and you'll see that a lot um with the with these kinds of things as well hassan talks about it um how you you get kind of the the old you the pre-cult you will pop up on occasion and then something will happen and you'll be triggered into the to the cult identity again um and um so for me, one of the things that really shocked me, and actually it was a big part of me looking back into Teal Swan again before coming back to YouTube, was that I said to someone who I care a lot about, who was going through some difficult times with their mental health, I actually said something that was one of Teal's things. And I was like, where did that come from? I don't think that. I don't believe that. Not now I've reevaluated this. And yet I found myself saying this and in that moment, really believing it. Um, and it, I was feeling challenged when it came out. And so I was like, hang on a minute. What, why, have, why is, where's that come from? I thought I was, I thought I was shot at this years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started looking back into it all and started to understand it for what it is a little bit more and, and, and and that eventually led me to come back to YouTube. But it was it was um, Teal's thing about um, committing to life. I'm not going to go into it too much because it goes down a very dark, dark path. But um, yeah, about committing to life. Um, and I kind of said that and I was like, that's not me. That's not the me I know. That's yeah. a different me. Like that's a that's a cult me, you know. And um, yeah, that, that, that was quite a shock for me. Um, um, and uh, my spouse heard me saying that and, and kind of defending that in a conversation after I'd said it uh, with her. And she was like, it's surprising to me to hear you say that, you know, after all of this time. And because uh, obviously she was around at the time as well when I was involved in it. And she kind of dipped her, her toe into it, but didn't really get as into it as I did. Um, yeah, so it's it's... Um, it's fascinating how these things get into your head and how they stick around and how, you know, you, you, and that's, and that's kind of why I say, you know, if you've been involved in this, whether you think you're fine or not coming out, it's definitely worth speaking to someone who a professional who can help you make sense of it. Um, even if you think I'm fine, you know, I'm fine. I don't need that. Wouldn't hurt one session, two sessions, three sessions probably wouldn't hurt. Um, just to be sure that you are fine yeah. and everything's okay. You know, um, yeah. So did you want me to talk a little bit about getting out of it? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. cause I think that's really interesting. I think it can help people see that they, they can break out of whatever's going on, you know, with mm. in their head of having been involved with MLM, there is ways to shed that, so to speak. Mm. And so like, yeah. what, was there, was there a particular incident that like, kind of like, you know, snapped you or was it just over time? Just you know, give us the, um, the backstory on that. It was slow. And I think with a lot of people, 
the way I kind of think about it is that it's a slow process of unraveling and then there's a moment and you kind of, for, for many people, you remember that moment. For me, it was less a moment and it was more a, a gradual bit by bit. And then my life changed quite, quite drastically, um, which I'll, I'll get into um, in, for, for the better in a positive way um, in the end of it all. Um, but there are people who were just like, right, that's the straw that broke the camel's back, you know. Um, but for me, it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty gradual. For me, uh, leaving uh, the law of attraction behind, I think, the, I think I mentioned earlier that the law of attraction was kind of the last thing of a series of things to go for me. Um, and so the process kind of um, went that I was... I was very much uh, into teal. It was kind of teal, teal, teal from the minute I woke up to the minute I, I, got, I went to sleep at night. It was teal. It was a lot of attraction. It was resistance. It was, it was shadow work. It was all this, these kinds of things just floating around in my head. And um, I, was, I was sure that I was on the right path to the point where I was preaching it to everyone, you know, and um, what had happened really was that there was one point where I was living, I was living in uh, a flat with, with the girlfriend at the time. And um, that kind of ended, the relationship ended, which I, I'm, I'm actually in hindsight fine with, although it was some really bad advice of Teal's that led me to, to, to end that relationship, um, which I went, to, uh, or went through, I think, a little bit in uh, my chat with Chris Shelton on his channel. Um, and yeah, so that kind of, uh, that relationship ended, we moved out of the flat and I did what I called at the time a bit of traveling, which wasn't really a bit of traveling. I probably went two or three places around the UK, um, slept on some friends' sofas, um, and floors, and then ended up at the Teal Swan workshop in, uh, in London. So this is 2014. Um, and it actually wasn't long. You would expect that if you go to a workshop like, like that, that that would be like, it would be a little while after that, that you, that you would still be interested in it. And then, and then you, you, would, if you were going to leave, it would be way down the line. But actually for me, um, that was probably the height of my interest and, 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 and belief in Teal. And after that, it kind of tapered off a little bit. Um, so after that, I didn't really have anywhere to go because I'd moved out of the flat I'd been traveling a little bit so I went back home went to my mum's and I'd sleep on the sofa for a bit um I'm, I'm from quite a big family and uh as anyone who's from a big family will know in the mornings it gets very noisy if you've got young people in the house and me on the sofa trying to sleep didn't really not very well so <laughs> um so I kind of I decided at one point I was going to take my so so some a little bit of um extra information here mental health wise I wasn't doing very well I was struggling more and more throughout this because shadow work is doing it teal's way in my opinion is not is not the way to improve your mental health it's the way to see your mental health deteriorate pretty rapidly um, and, and so that was what was happening for me. I was, I was so sure that I knew myself better than ever. And yet I was missing the fact that I was probably more depressed than ever, um, and more insecure than ever. And, um, 
anxiety had kind of started to work its way in, but that didn't come until later really for me. Um, so I wasn't doing well in terms of my mental health. I was, I was around my family, but I wasn't connecting with them really because in my head it was all Lord Attraction, Teal, blah, 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 as I mentioned. Um, so they were living their life as they've always done, but I wasn't really there with them. So I separated from that a little bit and ended up taking myself away to my mum's utility room, which is where I stayed for probably 10 months, most of the day and sleeping there as well. Um, that's like a six by six room. And I'm, wow. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm probably about six foot. So there wasn't much space um, there. Uh, and so a, a lot of people hear that and they think, well, why didn't you just stop and just go get a job and go get yourself a place and stuff? The thing is w with this kind of a thing is it gets in your head to such a degree that that's not an option. It's not an option for you. This is the way, this is the only way. Um, and you're so sure it's right. Um, and so what happened for me was that I was in that room and I was there a lot. Um, you know, my mum tried to make space for me, but as I say, big family, there really wasn't room and there was not really anywhere else for me to be. So she didn't like it any more than anybody else did, but that was where I was in that room for, for, for quite a while. And um, during that time, I put my profile into a, a Teal Tribe dating Facebook group, which was for people to meet other people that were, that also felt like Teal was the most important thing in their lives. Um, wow. And that, interestingly, is where I met my current spouse. Um, and we, so we put our profiles in there and we, we talked a little bit. We'd actually had one conversation before, we didn't really click. Um, uh, it was through like Facebook Messenger. But now we put the, the profiles uh, in there, we started to talk a bit more, and one thing led to another, we got to know each other quite well. And um, yeah, a relationship started to blossom. And it was in talking to Rosa that I started to find, I think, I think so something that we talked about a little bit on the podcast, um, that uh, we just we just recorded the first episode for for my for my patrons um, is how loneliness cats are playing um, just one of them meowing loneliness is one of the one of the huge one of the huge driving factors I think for people who do get involved in these kinds of things especially in terms of um, especially uh, in terms of like teal tribe and stuff um, it may be for everybody and it may not be the case. Um, for um it's really going off over there I don't know if you can hear <laughs> no I can't but I my two were going crazy over <laughs> <a year> ago. <laughs> um but yeah so loneliness is something that, that it does seem is quite uh, prevalent I mean it's quite a prevalent thing in society anyway so maybe it's just you know the, the case that that there's there's a cross a crossover there but um you know for me and for Rosa loneliness was a real thing um and so when we started to talk and connect um we were feeling less lonely and it, it suddenly became safer to question these ideas that were giving us a community, you know, um, and giving us answers and making us feel safe in the world. So it was, um, I think if I remember, I started to, I was very much into teal, but I, I, I started to have some real, really negative turns in terms of my mental health with shadow work. And Rosa said to me, look, have you considered just 
laying off on the shadow work for a little bit, just, just for a little while, just for maybe a week or two and just see how you feel. Um, and it was that, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that because you don't when you're in these things, it's just, as I say, it's inconceivable that you would, that you would even consider changing anything. It's because it's got to work right at some point. If I just keep at it, maybe then maybe, maybe it's my fault. As, as we've said, it must be my fault that it's not working. So I just need to figure this and I need to figure that and then it would work. Um, but no, so I hadn't thought of this. And Rosa said, look, I've noticed that you're not, you're not feeling great. Maybe, maybe if you just left the shadow work for a little bit, that might help. And obviously I was resistant initially, but um, I left it for two weeks, stopped doing um, just consistent shadow work for, for two weeks or so. And what do you know? I started to feel a little bit better. Um, my mental health started to improve. And it was, it was a little while later that um, through talking to Rosa as well, again, we, we were both having uh, conversations about Teal and about the, the teachings and all that kind of thing. So Rosa wasn't as into it as I was. Um, she was involved, but she wasn't as into it as I was. She hadn't absorbed every minute of Teal Swan content or Teal Scott then, Teal Swan content that I had. And, and I was like a sponge for it. It was everything I could get. Um, so what happened was I had to start explaining some of the concepts, some of the ideas to Rosa and in explaining them, they started to fall down a little bit. They started to make a little bit less sense because, you know, I, I don't know if this is the same, if you've experienced something like this um, in, in, um, in your experiences where you, you've heard it explained and it makes total sense. And then you try and explain it to someone and you can't quite articulate it in the same way. And then it starts like, I, I, that 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 does i promise you that makes sense but i just can't quite figure out how that makes sense right now right but it does um yeah yeah i, I promise it does so just just take my word for this kind of a kind of a, a thing and so i was that was kind of um what was happening and and really i i did feel like i'd made sense of something that that was really true and um as i was explaining it to rosa and how she started asking me questions and pointing things out and i was like hmm so that was, that was, for me, that was the shadow work and then Teal starting to be questioned a little bit started to, to happen. And then there was some, and I won't go into the whole losing faith in Teal thing um, now. I don't think that's as relevant with the law of attraction stuff, but pretty soon I started to see who Teal actually is um, and, and the truth of her character and, and, and started to see that maybe she's not this really wise, intelligent person that I thought she was. And maybe she's human like the rest of us. And maybe she's got a few flaws that maybe make her someone that doesn't deserve to be followed. Um, and then I think it was, it was probably a couple of weeks, as, as little as a couple of weeks after that, that I started to think, well, if I'm not doing shadow work anymore, and if Teal's wrong about these things, and if she's not so sure, if I'm not so sure on, on her, as a person, then maybe this law of attraction thing isn't quite what it's cracked up to be as well. And so I started to look at that a little bit. So again, it was, it was kind of an experiment an an informal experiment to just say, well, what if maybe instead of trying to control everything, control my thoughts, control my feelings, all this kind of stuff, what if I just went with the flow a little bit? Now there's a lot to be said about going with the flow as an attitude, and maybe it's not so great in every instance, but at this point for me, it was the change I think I needed um, to to get out of it. And and this was after months of like 
visualizations and all this kind of stuff of trying to like envision my perfect life and envision myself getting out of that room and 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 trying to build like businesses i tried to be a life coach uh, can you believe as someone living in a utility room at their <laughs> mum's house you had it all figured out mm, so, <laughs> i did i had all the answers all the answers yes all yes. the answers um but it's you, astonishing you, that. I have to ask you this because some something that I have heard within mm. the circles I was in with all this mm. law of attraction stuff is like people talk about being in flow and that you've got to mm. be in flow and that's when you're on, aligned and you mm-hmm. know everything is just happening the way that it should you're attracting everything to you. Mm. Was that part of your experience with Teal about getting in flow? I've heard that in other kind of circles, um, but so with with Teal's thing, it's about authenticity. It's a word that she she has kind of repurposed. Your authentic um, self. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it wasn't as much about the flow. So the way I perceive the flow is almost like like you're not thinking, you're just being. Right. That's that kind of thing, like present moment awareness, kind of a thing. How how is it? Um, I I don't think I was ever really in it. So. <laughs> that's why it didn't work that's why it didn't work you see (laughs) but it's like you know i remember one particular um guru female also Mm. of talking about how everything was so wonderful when she was in flow state and i'm like well what do you do to get in flow state and some of it it almost seemed like it was um like they'd whipped themselves into a frenzy almost to get there about how talking about like what they were wanting and then, you know, saying things to themselves over and over again, and just kind of like allowing the energy mm. of the universe to come through them or some crazy crap like that. <laughs> that that's you know, Hyping themselves up. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So that's not as much, uh, that wasn't as much a thing in, in my experience. And I think that's purely down to the nature of Teal's teachings. Teal's teachings okay. are very much, much more about, you know, embrace all aspects of yourself, even the darker parts, you know, and the consequence of that is that people do tend to revel in the darker parts of their character a little more. Um, and, and then there's the whole thing with mental health and trauma and all that kind of stuff. As I say, we, we don't have to go down that one today, but there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't as, it, it, this is the interesting thing about the whole Teal situation is that typically with cults, they want to keep you in a positive frame of mind. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you only thinking about the positives and only showing a positive front to the world. Because if you, if you don't look happy, then how are they going to be convinced that this is the right way? Right. That kind of a, a thing. Um, but that wasn't as much the case with, with, uh, Teal. And, and I feel like to some extent that's somewhat, somewhat more detrimental to the followers. Um, because obviously they're not in a positive, hang on, cat's going to knock this cup over. Um, um, yeah, they're not, you're not in that positive state. Your, your mental health is all over the place. You're living your life. Like, um, you're kind of like your heart's bleeding everywhere kind of kind of a, a thing um so no it wasn't as much the hype uh, thing or, or getting yourself hyped up um but i could see that i could definitely see that playing into into it almost getting yourself so you're not thinking and you're you're just in a certain yeah, yes state. and you're just in the state you're just mm. you're just kind yeah. of 
there. Mm. Uh, but you did say something earlier that it really like struck a chord with me. And you were talking about um, the face that you project, you know, mm. of like being happy because I think of all the people in multi-level marketing and the lifestyle that they're projecting mm. all the smiles and like, Oh, everything is so grand. But I, and I especially I'm thinking about the people that are higher up Huns mm. um, that behind the smile, there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot mm. of darkness there, but they're trying to just like make it look so amazing. And it's like, but I have to think like really in somewhere in their heads, they know mm. this ain't so great, but I have to, but it's going to be great as long as I keep pretending mm -hmm. like it's great and I make other people think it's great. And then mm -hmm. they keep making it seem like it's great. We'll all just be happy, but like it's kind of fake it till you make it. Situation. Oh yeah. That, and that's definitely one of the sayings is fake it till you make it. And also failing really. forward. Oh my gosh. There are so many. And it's like, I hear These them now little, and I'm like, yeah. oh. I'm like, little quips and you're, you're just like, Mm, they're supposed to sound true but again you kind of think you think through it. what does that mean what's that that's just something that sounds smart that's going to convince me to do x y or z that's in favor of the group typically. yes it's always in favor of the group and one of the ones i think that just grinds my gears the most is um oh crap i had it and now it just escaped me what is it oh success leaves clues what the hell is that yeah what does that mean <laughs> you know, it's like you you what? think like you know you're getting momentum it's like oh see so there's a clue so you're just gonna just keep going and it, it's like it's craziness it's just like yeah. all of these little sayings it's like they don't have any weight but when you're in it mm. they are everything <laughs> i could imagine success leaves clues being something that you would come away from like a seminar saying because it would take an hour and a half to get you to the point where you would say that and, and think it means something. Do you know what I mean? Like they would like set it up in a bunch of different ways. Oh, maybe that's where it originates. But I, I've heard it multiple times with Beachbody on the, um, every yeah. Monday they have the national wake up call and people yeah. will say that success leaves clues. Like, you know, like whatever you were doing, like it's just leading you to your future self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I have no idea where it comes from. I just could imagine it being one of those things that if you just say it, like, like you just said to me there, I'm like, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> but like, I could imagine it, you needing like an hour and a half seminar to get someone to the point where they think it means something like, like to talk them to the point. Yeah. But then I suppose if you're in the, in the culture of it all and you've already got like 10 other little phrases, that one's just a welcome addition. It's, it's, it's another one. It's like, Oh, I'll pick that up and use it too, because it, yeah. obviously it's true. Everybody else believes it, you know? It goes back mm, to the emperor's yeah, yeah, yeah. naked, but you know, we're all going to pretend like mm. he's clothed, you know, mm. it's just, it's just a bunch of nonsense, but it's, mm. I, I think it's so interesting talking to you about how many ways this all crosses over, you know, mm. it's not all just like some spiritual thing that you did or all just multi-level marketing. It's like, they're so, so intertwined. Mm -hmm. You know, and same thing like with, you know, everything with the cults Absolutely. as well. But um, so well, you, you finally, obviously, you left the utility room. <laughs> yes, I did. So what happened really was my sister was kind of just incredible and just kind of said to me, look, I know that you're that you want to get to be with Rosa. And I know that, you know, you're not doing well at the moment and I want to help you. 
Um, so she said, if I can, if I can save up a little bit and give you money for a plane ticket, um, would, would, would you want me to do that? And I said, oh, yes. <laughs> and thank you. And, and she did. And it was that really that was, and this is what makes me laugh because if you say this to someone that believes in the law of attraction, then they're like, well, you finally released resistance <laughs> and oh, yes. there it was for you. And that, it, that people is confirmation bias. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really, that was what, what, what made it, uh, that was what made the change really. And, and so I came to be with Rosa and, and, um, flew halfway around the world and, and I was by no means out of spirituality at that point. I, it, that took a couple of years for me to get out of. I went into listening to people like Muji and Eckhart Tolle and Ram Das and all these kinds of people got into a very different kind of spirituality or different side of spirituality. And then eventually, sat down with my basket of apples and picked over them to see which ones were moldy and didn't put very many back in. Um, I just, yeah. And, and have ended up atheist and, and much happier because of it, much happier because of it. I don't have a a nagging sense of spiritual emptiness anymore, which is ironic Um, because you'd expect that you would, wouldn't you? If you're not into all this kind of stuff, you would think you would be more fulfilled when you're spiritual, but actually I'm not as a person at all i'm much better off now um yeah and thing and things and 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 interestingly since leaving the law of attraction since uh getting rid of all that kind of stuff life has has definitely improved in a lot of ways we're always we're always uh changing little things here and there and going towards improvements aren't we and 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 certain areas need more work than others but i think a, a big thing with this is it does take a bit of time to get things back um and get back to normal and especially if you've invested a lot of money into something I, in my case that wasn't the case i didn't have any money <laughs> to invest um but yeah i kind of um you know for me it's 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 been a gradual process of not only trying to get my life back to i say back to build a new life really because it my, my life is so different now than what it was i'm in a whole new country i'm i'm in, I'm in a marriage now that i wasn't before and all that kind of stuff but um it was it's kind of um mental health wise as well it's been it's been uh, a lot of stuff to make sense of um mm-hmm. i need to take my own advice really and get into some therapy soon <laughs> because it's it's one of those things that as i say financially it takes a while to get um things sorted but I've been un- I've been unpicking a lot of stuff and I've come to a place where I'm definitely much more stable than I ever was when I was involved in it. And I don't need the law of attraction. I don't need shadow work. I don't need someone telling me what the answer to life is. Um, I'm doing a lot better um, with it, uh, without it. And uh, yeah, so it really, really, uh, for me, that was the case. I know that there are people that are going to be going through worse things and some people that might have it a little bit easier than I've had it um but yeah I for me things have definitely improved in a lot of ways since getting out of it all and I don't need the law of attraction to uh I'm really glad that Rosa you know suggested like Mm. what if you just leave the shadow work for a little Mm. bit you know that is is incredible you know high five you know to Rosa for that it's Mm. like you know I'm yeah really glad that she had the foresight to be like maybe that's kind of something that, mm-hmm. you know, 
doesn't mm. need to be because yeah. myself, um, I was doing journaling first thing in the morning. And you know what? All that does is get you back into that same loop of thought, you know, just, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it can be very detrimental, but it's, I, I feel like once you do wake up and it's like, kind of like you, when you see the sun, you can't unsee it. Once you finally realize everything, you, you can't be like, well, I'm going to do this anyway, because it just doesn't feel right. You start seeing mm. the huge holes that are there that before you were mm. convinced everything was just, you know, peaches and cream and light and unicorns and, you know, mm-hmm. fairy dust and everything yeah. is just wonderful. Mm. But, you know, so I'm, I'm so glad that she was able to help you yeah. with that. And I'm so glad that you are in a much better state now. And I am mm. glad that you are my YouTube buddy and that, you know, you put out content to help other people. And I think it's so important to do. I think mm. it's so important for us to share our stories and to let other mm. people know, like, you're not crazy. You're not alone. You have been through something and, you know, it will take time to put Humpty Dumpty back to better better whatever i'm trying to say you know to get yourself back together okay, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> all of that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, absolutely yeah but i yeah, really definitely. appreciate everything that you've shared and yeah i mean i don't need the law of attraction myself i don't need multi-level marketing although whenever i hear certain people talk about things it still has that appeal there's something that's so provocative Mm. and seductive Mm. about what they they say and that's why it's so important to start unpacking what's really Mm. going on here absolutely yeah absolutely i mean it sounds so simple it's it it seems like it makes sense but yeah you 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 look a bit closer you pick it over you apply a little bit of skepticism and what you find is that it does fall down pretty quickly yeah, it, it really um, and there's so much yeah and there's so much with the law of attraction like i i don't know if this is are we, are we should i should i say more or are we do you want to wrap wrap it up oh i mean if you want to say more go ahead say more because you know anything that i you can offer on this i think is useful so this one this one is it's a little bit of a head breaker but i'll throw it out there and see what people think of it how can you demonstrate that the thought that is creating that thing that you're manifesting originated in your head and that it it didn't come as a result of that thing coming to you anyway. Right. And I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that things are coming to you, but to put it in those terms, Mm -hmm. how can you show that it came, it was here first. I don't think that that's going to be very easy. And that was one of the things that really struck me with it was that I I can't show that that thing has happened because I thought of it. All I know is I thought of it and let's say I did think of it first and then a thing did happen. I can't, can't, all I can say is I thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a correlation, but there's not necessarily causation. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. You know, there's no, you can't say there's causality at all, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think that, you can't say that there isn't necessarily it didn't start there you know because obviously there could be an argument made for any point of view but i think that to be so certain from my point of view would be unreasonable because we can't we can't demonstrate that beyond a shadow of a doubt so i would i would require some demonstration in order for for me to go anywhere anywhere near that idea again you know in my life um yeah and i think i think as well um 
it's because of when you when you when you uh, have something that happens. Uh, what am I? What, hang on, give me a sec to try and formulate what I'm trying to say. Um, I keep disassociating a little bit. Uh, like halfway through a sentence, my brain goes. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I think in terms of um, cause and effect, in terms of an idea being uh, an idea starting in your mind and an idea then seeming to have been created by your mind and then being manifested in the world something we don't really consider is is that humans aren't very good usually at recognizing what a coincidence is um, we're pretty bad at recognizing coincidence um, and I think partly that might be because we are kind of pattern seeking creatures. We do like to make sense of things. We do like to go, right, that is that and that, that makes sense to me. And now I can live my life comfortable that that thing isn't just chaotic. Um, and, and I think that because of that kind of pattern seeking behavior, it is understandable that we would say, right, well, this thing here is uh this thing here is is not a coincidence i can explain it in this way and coincidence is just uh, the coincidence of blah 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 new agey things repurposing words and all that kind of stuff um and i did go into this a little bit on on just not my light there i did go into this a little bit on um on my channel i did a video about the law of attraction um and kind of pulling it apart a little bit um on a few points and one of the points wasn't on coincidence i can't remember the exact number I think it's it's quite a low number, but the question was how many people do you have to put in a room for two of those people to for there to be a fifty percent chance? I think that two of those people will have the same birthday or something like that. And actually, the number is lower than you would imagine. Um, and, and I'm gonna just go ahead and <laughs> just say watch that video because I can't remember what the number is. Um, maybe you could include that in the description for people yeah. if they want to see that video about law of attraction that I did. But um, I watched that video because I and I do remember you said I don't remember what the number is off the top of my head either. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is surprising because when you say how many people do you think most people go, I don't know, like 200, 300, 400, but actually no, I think it's, if I remember it's in the double digits, like yeah. it's, it's a relatively low number. Um, and um, I think we're just notoriously terrible at, at recognizing coincidence as humans and we want it to mean something and fair enough if you want it to mean something, but to be so certain is where I would, I would be uh, reluctant, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm, now having been through some you know part of what i went through we've talked about here i'm now incredibly reluctant to be certain about anything um and there's certain things you do have to just kind of you know take as read and 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 just say right i'll be sure about that even if i'm not certain but i think that to be certain about things um for me especially when i see someone else is like so confident and so certain about something at that point i'm a bit like Mm, maybe this person isn't what they seem um or may how can they be so certain is often the question i ask and and i think that often what you find with people who are really certain especially in terms of spiritual things um which are so difficult to verify um when you see someone being that certain about something for me that's a red flag um and i'll always look a bit deeper to see why they think that you know how they can be so certain um 
yeah, it's an interest in any way because you, <laughs> this is where you go down a whole other rabbit hole of how can I even be certain I exist? Um, and, and that's, yeah, a whole other direction. <laughs> it, it is, but you know, you, in some of the things that you were talking about, it made me think, cause you know, I went down so far in the law of attraction rabbit hole of Esther Hicks, Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. all these different people mm-hmm. that, you know, I listened to. And, you know, at the time, it was, it was comforting, but I think I needed that blanket of comfort of based mm. on what I had gone through and everything myself. And it, mm. it felt good. And we, as human beings, we want to do things that are going to make us feel good and that, mm. you know, that we're part mm. of something and part of the group and we're accepted and course, all of that. Yeah. But um, I don't know, I guess I would just caution people that, if you're in a multi-level marketing company, maybe you should Google it and not be afraid of using Google because you're probably going to find some really unpleasant things. And maybe you need mm. to look at what those unpleasant things are. Why are there all mm. these things that people are saying about it? And same thing with any of these, you know, spiritually type things and law of mm. attraction. And then on top of that, the fake gurus that are attached mm. to a lot of these things that, you know, have it all figured out and you can just pay me $2,000 for this course and you're going to have results too. Oh, well now there's another upsell and you know, it just, it just goes mm-hmm. and goes and goes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, something I would add to that. Um, in terms of, um, Oh, there was something you said just before you said about the gurus thing, what were you saying? Um, what was it? But I had the courses and then there's an upsell and oh gosh. Just before that, you were saying about uh, be, being aware of, of um, spiritual people who have it all figured out. Um, and that was it. And you were saying about Google and, and Googling things. Yeah, I think um, it's something that I've heard uh, that I think it was, yeah. So something that Lloyd Evans put across on his channel, on the John Cedars channel, was this, this win-win situation. Is that if you look something up and it turns out that actually it's uh, wrong, that what they're saying is wrong, and you've heard the other side of someone who's criticizing a group that you're involved in, and it turns out that what they're saying is wrong, then you now understand the other side's argument better. So when someone says that to you, you can defend your group better, right? If it turns out that they are wrong um, and that you're right in what you're believing. But if you do look it up and you find out that actually what they're saying is right and that maybe the group that you're involved in isn't that good, then you've just saved yourself years, perhaps, of being involved in a group that isn't great. So really, although, and this is, of course, when there is a group that's discouraging you from looking up that kind of information, that is concerning, I would say, because there's really no harm in, in looking at the other side. Um, if they're wrong, they're wrong, and you know they're wrong, and you can recognize that. But if you are to look it up and you do find that, yeah, they are, um, you are involved in something that's maybe not so good, then actually that's a good thing. You've realized something there, and you're not involved in this anymore. And if you do look it up, and yeah, it turns out they're great, and these people are all wrong on the internet, then there you go. You've just, you've just updated the things that you can say to, to people that um, are trying to tell you that you're involved in something like an MLM or a pyramid scheme or whatever it is that, yeah. that they're saying. Um, so really, there's nothing to lose. Really, there's nothing to lose. And if someone is, is prepared to push you out of the group, cut you off from the group, 
make it make it life harder for you because you're looking up that kind of stuff then that in and of itself should be concerning i think that should be something that's people are going oh don't look at that that's written by the haters which is, no. which is obviously that's teal's word oh um, no the it, hate- it all ends too yeah, yeah. okay i'd the be haters, a hater yeah. i'd be a hater yeah <sighs> same same so i think that it, you know don't listen to the haters right first of all it doesn't matter who's saying it. What we need to know is whether it's true or not. That's what we need to we need to investigate here. And if it is true, then we know what's to be done. And if it's not true, what have you lost by looking at it? At least you understand the situation a bit better now. I think that that's, yeah. And all credit goes to Lloyd for that, really. I've just just rephrased it three different ways now. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> yeah, I wrote his yeah. channel too. Yeah. We, it seems like we tend to like you know listen to the same people mm. and everything, but yeah, yeah. it's 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 so fascinating. Where there's all these different groups, whether it is Jehovah's Witness, Mormon, Till Swan, multi-level marketing, same tactics, same things mm-hmm. are going on. It's just you know it's like they had the playbook and they're like, okay, here's the book. Now go it go and do mm-hmm. these things. It'll work and you'll build your thing. Yeah. It's, it's just it's. Yeah it's almost comical in some ways mm. to me. Cause it's like, wow, that's just mind blown. Um, there was something I wanted yeah. to ask and you they, about. And they I all think I was going to say, they all think that they're original and that they're the only yeah. ones doing it as well. And they act as if they are. But when you take a step back and you do a bit of research and you look into other groups and the formula, it's a formula. It's so formulaic. It's, yeah. it's, it's remarkable how similar they are. And you, and you can look at, the Jehovah's Witnesses and you stack that. In fact, in fact, I did a video. If you want to see, there's three people from three different groups who answered the same questions. I asked them all the same questions and their answers are strikingly similar. And the groups that they were involved with really couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was like a kind of post Hindu cult, if you like one was Scientology and one was uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And yeah, it's, it's incredible how similar those answers are. Um, and I think that says something, really, that it's not that original. It's not that unique. It's not the only thing. And that's, and that's the thing with totalistic thought, isn't it? It's that this is the only thing. This is the best thing in the world ever that you, you won't need anything else ever. This is the answer. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and of course, life ain't like that. no but i I mean that's why i'm so glad that like again like i said earlier i'm so glad that you speak Mm. out and i I think that we both are coming at it in the same mindset in terms of um we want to provide information to people and also to have those people start to you know just question what what they're doing and why they're doing it and and mm. start trying to unpack it themselves and find don't just take my word for it just don't take Andy's word for it go mm. and start doing your own research yeah absolutely listen yeah. to different viewpoints listen to people who are being critical because i think it's important what are the critics saying and mm. like you said earlier if what the critics are saying is untrue then you know you have ammunition to say why critics mm, are untrue mm, but if mm, the critics make yeah. you go huh and start questioning even more mm. then maybe what you're involved in isn't all that you think it is yeah absolutely yeah and um and i and, and as well like if you know people that are involved and i imagine you know 
a lot of your viewers are people who were previously involved and perhaps know people who are still involved. Um, what you were saying there about being kind is this really it. And, and Stephen Hassan talks about being non-threatening. Non-threatening is a really, really important word here, I think. Um, it's a mistake we've all made to, to be a little bit more aggressive than perhaps we should have been, or like to be like, you're in a cult. Ah. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't um, always yield the best results. But if we are talking to people who are in these groups, yeah, I think there's definitely a way to go about it. Um, and I think it helps to understand other groups. I think that's mm-hmm. the main thing. Whenever, whenever someone messages me and says, How, like, what do I do? Um, which is happening more and more. And I'm glad that people feel that, that they can ask me things like that. Although I am always clear, I'm not an expert. So please don't just take my word for stuff. But yeah, like um, something that does happen a lot. What do I do? And I'd say the, the first thing I would always suggest is understand the group that your friend or whatever is involved in. And then understand other groups that also fit the bike model or are also fulfilling Lifton's eight criteria for thought reform. When you understand other groups, then what you can do is ask gentle non threatening questions that highlight some of the issues without like necessarily putting putting your finger on it and going there you go cult <laughs> see pyramid scheme um, yeah and yeah exactly and it and it will let it will let them decide um, and figure things out for themselves and people will people will you know i think we we want to feel like sometimes maybe they're not going to see it because they haven't yet but people typically people are, are able to people are clever people are intelligent and they, they'll figure it out if you if you gently kind of you know what what, what did you say success leaves clues yes. um cults leave clues <laughs> <laughs> and um, we can uh, we can perhaps pepper the road with uh with a few little things here and there that they might start to question question you know, things I'm everything you're just saying right there i think maybe if you would be interested in doing another video with me in the future but i think um mm. talking about the very things you're you just said about what to do for people and being mm. kind because what some of the things that i do see what is happening is that everybody is hopping on what the distributors which are called huns hence you know i'm a mm. hun bot but i'm not anymore i was but um they're just jumping on them for all their janky behavior. And yes, what they're doing is, you know, yes, the mom guilt, the this, the that, you know, it's, yes, it's, but beyond that, it's not mm-hmm. coming from them. It's coming from what they have been through. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, how is a good way to talk to people? Cause mm. I, you know, I, I feel like this, punch in the gut that people are doing on social media by what I'm just going to say is hun shaming. I think it's mm. counterproductive because I think that Absolutely, it gets yeah. people more entrenched in their thing by mm. that. So maybe you would be open to discussing. Of course, that yeah. yeah. I'm up for doing that. I actually did a live stream with Chris Shelton and, and Shannon Q where we did talk a little bit about that, but I'll definitely be able to talk to you about it because it's, it's going to go in a different direction, I'm sure. And we'll be able to, to cover a lot of stuff. I've, I've, really be keen on that um something else i was going to say was I, I i honestly really agree with what you said there about the hun shaman thing i think that it doesn't help um because as, as well part and parcel with these groups is is often a sense of a persecution complex a little bit mm-hmm. um so um i don't know to what extent that's present with mlms but it's definitely present with the uh, spiritual 
religious organizations um even outside of cults you know a lot of christians have persecution complexes as christians and feeling like you know it, it's very common and that's nothing against christians necessarily but it, it does happen um and i think you see it kind of across the board uh, with these kinds of groups to varying extents and the moment you go against them the moment you're like ah, is the moment you lose them is the moment they throw in with the group more yep is the moment they're not going to listen to you next time and really what you want to do is is preserve your relationship with these people i think is do your best to stay connected with them and and, and on things that aren't necessarily the group um uh, and that's that's a whole other conversation. And really, what I, I when I'm talking about this kind of stuff, I am relaying advice that I've got from other people. Um, and that one again is a Stephen Hassan one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I would definitely be up for that. That would be good fun to to cover some of that stuff, and, and definitely really useful for people. I, I would hope um, at least. I, I think so too, because you know, um, I think one of the ways that with what we're doing, the type of content that we're putting out, it can be that um, life vest for someone who mm. is having questions and they don't really know where to go to quote, find the answers. Not saying that you or I, like we have all the mm-hmm. answers to everything. Yeah, but hashtag we're, join the cult. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but we at least have had an experience and can come at this with our experience to use as an example and to again to encourage people to start questioning and to start thinking for themselves again and that they are still they're fine like one of my things that i put um on instagram not too long ago is like it's okay to say that you failed at mlm because there's a lot of shaming because if you just kept going you would have no the 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 model of what you're doing mm. is, is against you to begin with. Yeah. So it's better yeah. to get out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the success all... is, is failing at that point. Maybe yes. that's one you can give that to them that like you could sell that to them probably as a slogan. Success is failing. You um, know, I probably failed forward by that. getting out. <laughs> <laughs> failing forward is getting out uh, of an MLM. Absolutely. Oh, maybe I need to use that. <laughs> <laughs> people would relate to that <laughs> D- don't do a teal put my name under it <laughs> says andy <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well i, I want to thank you so much um i think we've kind of run the gamut on this and i hope that it will help people start thinking about like how how to really start looking at the law of attraction if that's part of what you have mm-hmm. been doing within Mm. being in an MLM, or if you know someone Mm. who has been in an MLM that you can kind of start understanding it and just be gentle with yourself and gentle to others, Mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. I hope you found my conversation with Andy to be as informative and as lightning as I did. And maybe you saw yourself in his story or in my story, maybe even just a little tiny piece of your own story. I would love to know about it and go ahead and drop that in the comments and let us know what else you would like for Andy and I to discuss in an upcoming video. I really appreciate you being here and if you enjoyed this content make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell while you're at it and also give the video a thumbs up. 
doing any of those things really does help my content get seen more and you know I want it to be seen more also make sure that you hop on over to Andy's channel and check him out he's got some great material I will put a link to his video about the law of attraction in the description so that you can check that out and remember if we want there to be a change in this world it is up to us to get our stories out there and to talk about it and change starts now